encouragement to you um, would be most of the time would be to wait, okay? Um, and there's a few reasons why, okay? Um, one is, is because the reality is that a long dating relationship brings with it more temptation, okay? Uh, just in terms of purity, you want to be pure, you want to honor God in that area. Uh, well, the, the longer you date, the, the, the just, there's just more opportunity to fail in that, okay? Um, a long dating relationship also brings with it uh, more potential for heartbreak, okay? Um, that's just is what it is. Now, sometimes there's plenty of examples out there of people who started dating in high school and dated for many years and, and, and it worked out fine, okay? Um, but if, if you're not in a dating relationship yet, uh, and it's quite a few more years until you get married, in general, what I'm going to say is, okay, wait, just, just be patient. Be wise about, about the timeline, okay? Um, another reason to, uh, to, to wait often is because before you should date, you should also be thinking, am I somebody that somebody should date, right? Um, are, are you giving proper thought to whether or not you are the man or woman that you need to be, okay? Um, and then uh, a third thing you need to think about before you date is what sort of man uh, or woman um, are, are you looking for, okay? Who should you be uh, thinking about dating? Now, I could summarize the answer to that question this way. You should only romantically consider someone who, as far as you know it at the given point, right? You should only romantically consider someone who, as far as you know, is someone who you might be able to have a God-glorifying marriage with. Okay, so that is so someone who will help you in your walk with God and someone with whom you could partner and share all of life to the glory of God. Okay. So, very clearly from Scripture, you may only marry a Christian. Um, you may... Here, sorry guys, I'm really... Not doing so great with this technology thing here. Yo, it keeps turning off. Okay. Um, all right. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna teach from from the PowerPoint. Um, okay. So uh, the verse references I don't have on the PowerPoint, um, but. The Bible is very... Okay, so many of you will be familiar with passages like... Uh, thanks, man. What is it? The code? Uh, okay. Um, okay, so um, the, 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 the Bible talks about not being unequally yoked uh, with a non-Christian, okay? And the context there is talking about more like uh, business interactions. Um, but the point is, um, if you, you think of how, how oxen would... would would uh, pull a cart. The yoke is that is is a piece of wood that goes over the neck of the two oxen. And if if um, thanks, um, 
the, if, if it's uneven, then they don't actually pull well, right? Um, the, the, what's supposed to be something where it lines up between the two and then it, you've got double the power, it, it doesn't end up working out if, if they're unequally yoked. Now, if that's true uh, as a general warning to Christians about business interactions, it's certainly true about marriage. You're not, you're not pulling together. Don't marry someone who's not a Christian. Um, okay. Um, there's, uh, okay. All right. That's Second uh, Corinthians 6.14. And then uh, another passage would be 1 Corinthians 7.39, which is talking about your freedom to get married, but only in the Lord. Only in the Lord. So, yes, you may get married as long as the person you marry is a Christian. Now, let me give you another practical example here, right? Um, Just talking about how you, you, in marriage, you want to be pulling together. Well, Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9 says this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. And you shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and there shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. So this is an exhortation to thoroughly God-centered parenting. As you raise your children, you want to be taking every opportunity to teach them about God and His Word and His ways. Okay? Now, this is a difficult enough thing to do when you and your spouse are both Christians and you're both committed to it. Right? How much more difficult is this to do if, you, if you've got an unbelieving spouse who not only is not partnering with you in this, but is actually maybe scoffing at it at times, uh, maybe uh, actually teaching your children opposite things. Very, very difficult. Okay? Guys, this is not something to, to trifle with. It's not a small thing. I, I, wish, I wish I could get across just how much uh, this would impact your life for the rest of your life. Okay? Um, I, we were talking earlier about how difficult it can be to trust God with singleness when you've got this desire to be married, got this desire to be in, in a romantic relationship. I think far harder most of the time uh, if you're a committed Christian, is, 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 is this dynamic of trying to live for the Lord when you're married to somebody who, who, who is not a believer, who doesn't have the same goals in life as you, who doesn't love the God you love. Um, God does not promise to save everyone we preach the gospel to, Okay. No matter how diligent you are with someone, there is no guarantee that someone will come to saving faith if you just keep sharing the gospel with them. A lot of times people convince themselves that, oh, it's fine, I can date this person because 
they're, they're going to get saved. They're going to get saved. We've had some good conversations. They come to me with they come uh, with me to church sometime. Uh, sometimes they're going to get saved. You cannot presume upon that. Okay, you can't presume upon that. Um, it's it's the Bible is very clear. They must be saved if you marry them, and therefore it's only wise that they must be saved before you romantically consider them. Another another aspect of this is purity. Okay. We talked already about how difficult it is to be pure in a dating relationship. How much more so if the person you're dating isn't even committed to purity. If the person you're dating doesn't have the same desire to, um, to honor God even when it's difficult. And then you, you have to be honest too. Even if you're saying to yourself, okay, well... Um, I'm going to date this person, but I won't marry them if they don't come to saving faith. Okay? The Bible is full. The Old Testament's full of warnings to kings. Right? Don't. Don't. Uh, you know, get, get romantically involved with these ladies because who, are not, who, who worship other gods because they are going to draw you away from your devotion to the true and living God. Okay? Um, at the end of the day, right, our, our lives kind of boil down to what is it that we love most? What is it that we love most? Okay? And we have to love God most. Okay? Um, a true Christian does love God most. And the thing to realize when we're thinking about romantic relationships is we're talking about something that has a very real potential danger of, 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 of actually stealing your primary devotion away from God. Okay? Don't take chances with this. Don't take chances with this. Be sure... And when I mean, when I say be sure, it's not enough, okay, they grew up in the church, okay, their father's an elder, okay, you know, they answered all the questions in Awana, uh, they know theology better than this person does. Do you see real signs of grace in their life? Okay, and what I mean by signs of grace is things like genuine love for God, gratitude, and all that they would be forgiven by God. A commitment to honor and obey Christ in every area of life. Do they have a desire to grow? Do they have a desire to serve? Do they want their life to matter for the glory of God? Are those the sort of conversations you have with them where, where it's just clear that, the, 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 that their devotion is to God Himself? Okay? Regeneration is a miracle. You can't make it happen. You can't guarantee it. Okay, so this uh, missionary dating or whatever it is uh, you might want to call it, uh, when a Christian would date someone who's not a Christian, just in the hopes that they'll get converted. It really is, um, it's like Russian roulette. Okay, uh, 
some of you might be familiar with that term, but for those of you who are not, okay, if you take an old school pistol where um, there's, there's like a, a circular section in the middle and, and there's bullets in it and you, you, every time you shoot it turns, okay? Now if you, with Russian roulette, the idea is that you take all the bullets out except one, okay? And you spin the chamber and then you put the gun to your head and you pull the trigger. And hey, you know, I, I don't know how many bullets are supposed to be in there. Let's say it's let's say it's six. Okay, so five to you got a five out of six chance that you you're going to be fine. But is that a risk you're going to take? That is a foolish risk, right? It's a foolish risk um, because, of course, if you're wrong, the consequences are huge. Okay, all right. We've already talked about. Um, how they need to be, uh, must be someone of the opposite sex, um, how the Bible is really very clear that homosexuality is sinful, and then they must be married. I mean, they must be single. <laughs> Excuse me. They must be single, right? We talked about how God doesn't want divorce, uh, how he wants marriage to be for all of life. Um, and then... Guys, very, very importantly, yes, we do see a lot of polygamy in the Bible, but it is never spoken of in a positive way, okay? Uh, what we see from God's design for, for marriage all the way back in the Garden of Eden, one man, one woman, right? When we see how uh, marriage is spoken about in the New Testament, one man, one woman. Uh, when we see, um, you know... Uh, any positive picture of marriage in scripture one man one woman and then again and again with with polygamy you just see an absolute mess right jealousy infighting uh, lots of family turmoil is not God's design um, so again you know I know sometimes uh, it's 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 uh, promoted because because for in certain cultures Polygamy has been has been widespread for many many years, and so then it's it's uh, uh, it's presented as no, it's a, it's a Western thing uh, to turn away from polygamy, and polygamy is actually a good thing, and it should be embraced. Um, the Bible the Bible does not present um, present it that way. Monogamy, one man, one woman. Okay. Alright, so those are the clearest principles from Scripture, okay? I was talking earlier about, you know, being able to go to passages and, 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 and have it be very clear. Thou shalt, thou shalt not, right? We can very easily go to passages on all three of these. You must only marry a Christian. There must only be someone of the opposite sex. There must be single. Um, when we start getting into things that are more a matter of principles, okay, um, you know, just just drawing principles from Scripture and, and, and thinking through those things. Here are some wisdom principles um, of who you should consider marrying, who you should consider dating. Someone who is godly and growing. Someone who is godly and growing. Um, again, guys, you don't want to approach things from the angle of just, hey, they're a Christian that checks the box. 
surely we can just move ahead now, right? If you, if you really are committed to living for the glory of God as you should be, right? You should be wanting to find somebody who loves God as much as, as anyone you know. <laughs> Someone who's committed to living for Him as much as anyone you know, right? Somebody that, that you can enjoy God with. Somebody who's going to, uh, you're going to uh, fellowship with and, and do ministry with. Okay? Somebody who's going to share your passions and goals uh, in living for the glory of God. Um, okay. Uh, next, someone who has sound theology. Okay, now let me explain what I mean by this. Okay? Certainly we, we, we mean at least orthodox theology. What I mean by that is Again, it's not just that this person says that they're a Christian. It's that this person does believe in the God of the Bible, does believe in the, the, the gospel of, of salvation by grace alone, etc. Right? Obviously, we mean that. But even beyond that, what you need to realize is that even though it's possible for Christians to, to be married and enjoy wonderful fellowship, even when they differ on, on certain areas of theology... There's some areas of theology that are just more crucial than others, okay? So, um, uh, if you think about everyday life, okay? Does somebody appreciate the practicality of the gospel for everyday life? And here's what I mean by that. If somebody is in the practice of downplaying their sin, okay? or uh, making excuses for their sin, justifying away uh, their, their, their disobedience to God, that sort of thing. What you often have there is somebody who doesn't have the full confidence, practical day-to-day -day confidence in the gospel. Um, because this is somebody who, instead of just being able to recognize when you confront them on sin, instead of them just being able to recognize Yes, you're right, I'm wrong in that. Let me repent. With the confidence, right, that they are forgiven and that they will be shown grace by God and that God will help them to change. Instead, there's a little bit more of a sense of like, yeah, you know, uh, the Christian life is about performance. The, uh, the Christian life, again, even if they, they understand when they're explaining the gospel itself, yes, I'm saved by grace alone. In reality, they live as if their relationship with God is, is, is pretty much based on how well they are obeying at the given time. If you slip into that, right? Um, if you slip into thinking along those lines, it's... You're going to be a lot more defensive when people confront you on sin. Um, you, 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 because because you, your focus is on, no, 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 I actually am doing quite well. See, I'm not doing as badly as you think I am, right? Um, whereas practically, one of, the most, the, one, of the, one of the most practical truths for the Christian life is to be able to recognize as I've already said, I'm a great sinner and I have a greater Savior, right? So then we can get busy. We can get, we can, we can get, uh, we can get cracking on growing because 
I'm not, I'm not spending forever arguing with you about whether or not I actually need to grow, right? I'm, I'm quite happy to say, yes, you're right. I was wrong. Now, how do we change? How do we seek God's help? And how do we grow? Okay? Um, so in, in, a, in a relationship, right, think about it. Think about spending a lifetime with somebody. Okay? And in that lifetime with somebody, you've got somebody who really embraces the gospel. And just day in and day out, you are both, yes, you're pointing out sin in each other's lives. But, you know, it's not the end of the world. Because you just, you're like, yes, okay, I'm a sinner. I need to grow. Praise God for forgiveness. Praise God for His grace. Let's get cracking. And you spend a lifetime of just, as you see things in your life, you address it and, and, you, and you work on change, you work on change, you work on change, right? Versus spending countless hours just trying to convince somebody that they need to change, okay? Uh, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a, it makes a big, big difference. Um, now this, having said that, this is something most of us need to grow in, okay? So uh, more so here, I'm just saying this is, if this is this is something to seek to grow in, seek to help somebody grow in, and, and you want to see uh, forward movement with this, okay? Um, it, and it should be a bit of a red flag if you don't see forward movement. I'm not saying give up on someone if it's a struggle uh, at the beginning. As I say, for most of us, this is a struggle on some level. But you want to see somebody growing in their, their understanding of how the gospel really does make a difference in their day-to-day life. Um, think about things like this. Um, again, uh, how well you embrace the gospel is, is going to affect things like how much you have an understanding of the need to extend grace to others. Because you know how much you need grace yourself. Uh, it's going to affect um, how forgiving you are, right? Right? We forgive as we have been forgiven. We love as we have been loved. So again, immensely practical that people really embrace the gospel and stand in awe of it. There's also some other uh, very practical areas of the Christian walk, right? If someone has quite a, a, a mystical approach to, to life, uh, you know, God, God leads me through my dreams. God leads me through... Uh, you know, the shape of the clouds, you know, God uh, gives me this impression, you know, that sort of thing. You're trying to live life with somebody, uh, then, you know, remember now, you're, you're one with the person you're married with, okay? You can have a friend uh, and you can disagree with them about some things like this, right? But when somebody is, is, is basing how they believe God's leading them on very mystical things, uh, and you're married to that person, right? Uh, there's, there's a lot of practical ramifications for that. Um, how committed are they to church life? Guys, when you are um, married with kids, just getting to church every Sunday, is, it takes a real commitment. If you marry someone who doesn't have that commitment, uh, it's going to be that much harder. What's their attitude towards Scripture? You want to be with somebody who you can open the Bible with them 
And if you can make your case, God says this right here, then they submit to it. Okay? You absolutely um, need that in a healthy marriage. Um, what is their view of God's sovereignty? A lot of Christians, uh, they, might, they might believe the gospel of saving grace. Um, but when it comes down to what the Bible teaches about trials, right? They, they assume that if there's trials in your life, that there's no way God's working through trials. God, God doesn't want trials in your life. If there's trials in your life, then that is because of a lack of faith. Um, you, you know, so, so now you, you've got cancer, right? And your life companion, who you're hoping is going to be able to speak truth to you and encourage you with how God uses even, even the worst trials for your good, is somebody who actually doesn't have that understanding from the scriptures at all. It's not helpful, okay? Um, uh, health and wealth uh, dynamics as well, right? To be able to realize, okay, um, what the gospel is really about is, is, is about my salvation, my relationship with God, the eternity that, that, that is awaiting me, um, it's 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 not it's not as a matter of like okay well we don't have a BMW and uh, therefore we should be doubting our salvation or wondering what's wrong with our faith. Um, okay. Other practical areas would affect things like parenting, right? I can have a wonderful fellowship with somebody who is Presbyterian, right? But if my wife was Presbyterian and then she wanted to baptize our baby, that gets difficult, okay? Um, now we're trying to choose what church we're going to go to. And, uh, and we're, we're on different pages about that. So again, just be practical about these things, okay? Don't, uh, don't assume, no, it's, we're, we're, we're both Christians, we both love the Lord, uh, these things are minor. Not necessarily, okay? Um, they, they, you know, maybe one example would be something like uh, your view on the end times, right? You know, I, I could imagine you having a, a very different view on the end times to the person you married with, but it, the, the, the rubber doesn't meet the road in everyday life with that, so it doesn't end up being an issue, okay? But with some of these things, the rubber meets the road day after day after day in numerous ways. Um, and it's just difficult to not be on the same page. All right. Someone who embraces the Bible's teaching on manhood and womanhood and God's ordained roles for marriage. Okay? Um, look, we live in a world today where people scoff at what the Bible teaches about this. Um, and, and a lot of why people scoff at what the Bible teaches about this is because of inaccurate caricatures, okay? So there's this mindset of what it means for a man to lead means that he basically just gets his way all the time, tells his wife what to do, and she just needs to listen. Uh, what it means for a woman to submit uh, is that basically she's just treated as, as if she's not as smart as her husband, not as important as her husband, 
uh, doesn't have a, a worthwhile point of view. Um, you know, she 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 needs to. The reason for her to be staying at home is because she she's not wouldn't be competent in the workplace anyway. Um, but guys, this that's not that's not biblical thinking about this stuff at all. Okay, um, husbands. You, you know, when you look at a passage like Ephesians 5, the, the way that husbands are exhorted to lead, okay, is by loving their wives, by laying down their lives for them, okay? It's servant leadership. It's, it's dying to self for the good uh, of your wife. It's, it's leadership for them, okay? Not, not, not selfish leadership, Similarly, um, a proper understanding of, of, of a wife's role is that she's a helpmeet, okay? And a helpmeet means that I need her counsel. I need her pushback. I need her gifts. I can't do this as well without her, okay? Um, one thing that uh, is pretty key with all this, Titus 2 talks about just how um, a wife does need to prioritize uh, her responsibilities at home, okay? And um, there is some, you're going to find different convictions among solid Christians about this, okay? Um, so even if there's a, a, a mindset of like, okay, yes, the, the husband must lead the family, the wife must submit to the husband, um, you'll have some people who have a pretty strong view on yeah, I, I, I think women should spend all their time at home with the children, okay? Uh, and then you'll have uh, other people who uh, would be very comfortable with, with, with wives working a full-time job. Um, and so this is just practically, again, one of those areas you've got to make sure that you have the same understanding, okay? Uh, if you, uh, because it's, if you, if you, if you're working off different blueprints, it's not going to go very well, okay? You have to be sure that you're on the same page with this. And here's what I'd say with that, I'm going to, if I'm going to wade into uh, an area, like I said, there's, where there's quite a bit of disagreement. At the very least, what's clear from Titus 2 is that a wife needs to be able to give significant time and attention, energy, towards supporting her husband and caring for her children. Um, now, exactly what that looks like, I think probably varies quite a bit depending on season of life, okay? Um, how young are the children? Are they going to school? Are they, uh, or, or, you know, are they they're not school-aged yet? Um, all sorts of questions like that, okay? Um, but, uh, but it is an important thing to think through. Okay, number seven. Someone whose companionship you enjoy in a wide variety of scenarios. Okay, so I, I told you that I viewed, I, I thought a good summary of marriage was companionship and partnership for all of life. Okay, it really is all of life. Okay, every aspect. I've got some friends that I just, you know, enjoy watching sports with. I've got some friends that I enjoy having good, robust theological discussions with, okay? 
reality in marriage is that you're living life together. Okay, so you want to be able to laugh with this person. You want to be able to have good conversations with this person. You want to be able to enjoy uh, hosting people in your home uh, with this person, and so on and so forth. Now, this isn't to say that you, uh, this person, the person you marry, has to have every interest that you have. Okay, but it is it is to just say realistically again. You are sharing all of life with them. Okay, so um, it's just wise to be thinking of um, of of the full spectrum of life. Okay, someone you think you could partner well with. Okay, so um, if I'm going to be raising my children with someone, right? If uh, I want to invite the new visitors of church over to my home um, and try and make them feel welcome. If I want to uh, try and speak into the life of the, the newly married uh, couple in church and I just realize, okay, that's going to be a lot easier to do with my wife with me, okay? All these scenarios, okay, you've got to be thinking, if I, if I want to not just have somebody support, but I want to actually team up well with them. I want to partner well with them. Okay? Again, if that's the vision, then you should be able to, to look at this person and say, I can see myself working well with this person. Okay? Um, my, my wife, you know, my wife's amazing. Um, but... Uh, we, we were both working for the same church in California. And uh, the secretary at the church said to me one day, she said, Donovan, and you know, she's kind of, uh, she, lo- she loves me um, big time. Uh, wonderful, wonderful lady. She actually just, just passed away two days ago. Um, but wonderful, wonderful lady. And uh, she says to me, she says, Donovan, you really need to marry someone who's organized. Um, she's like, but the problem is most people who are organized would never be patient enough with you. You know, like, you would drive them crazy. And she said to me, she said, pay attention. She's like, Heather is organized and she's really patient with you, you know? Um, and now, like, that was just one point of several where it just helped me realize we do work really well together, okay? There's, there's areas where she, where, where she struggles a little bit and, and God works through me to, to, to help her do a little bit better in those areas where she struggles a bit. Um, I mean, even this morning, I was... Well, you, I've been having some technology struggles, right? And, uh, I, I, and you know, she, was, she helped me bring people here for this seminar. But then without me even asking, she just waited another half an hour for me to get here so that she could make sure that she could help me with my computer and, uh, and with some of these things before I got going. That's just what she does, okay? And, and she's not frustrated by it. She's not rolling her eyes at me. She's just like, I get you. And she's just like, what can I help you with? That's amazing. 
Okay? When, you, when you're trying to, you, you just try to make your life count for the glory of God, you know? And you just, you, and, and, but then this isn't going well, this isn't going well, that's not going well. And then you just, you, you're getting frustrated and you're just getting discouraged. And then every time you look up, there she is. Just, just helping with this, helping with that, you know. Um, yeah, there's no way, no way I'd be planting a church without my wife, okay? I'm just speaking honestly. Um, I, I mean, I'd be trying, but I'd be failing, right? Um, so, very important. Um, okay, again, just like we were saying about the whole salvation thing, guys, you, you want to be... You don't want to just be holding on forever with this person might change, okay? You want to see these things in somebody's life now. Now, okay, not perfection, but direction, okay? You want to, you want to see these desires in somebody's life, at least. You want to see them making efforts in these directions, right? Okay, your theology is a bit whack now, but you do... Submit to, to God's word when, when, when you study it. Okay? And you're willing to study it. You're not just going to, oh, it's too much work. Right? You want, they, they want to serve the Lord. They, they, there's a vision of partnering together with, with their spouse to the glory of God, something that excites them. That's, that's, that energizes them as they think about marriage. Yes, that's what I want marriage to be about. You want to at least see that direction in people. Okay? Alright. Now, here's a few things that we often think are very important and that do... They, 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 they have some importance. They should be thought through to some degree, um, but they're often not as important as we think they are. Okay? Attraction or physical uh, compatibility. Okay. Um, now, sexuality is a part of marriage. Sex, in fact, is, is God's marriage gift, right? Is one way you could think about it. And we see plenty of passages in Scripture, uh, the Song of Solomon, certainly uh, among them, where physical attraction is celebrated. Okay. Uh, but we also see in Scripture that it is very easy to treat physical attraction as being far more important than it is. Bear in mind, right? Someone may become, should become more attractive to you as you get to know them and see their heart for God and others. Okay? Um, so you, there needs to be attraction, but I would encourage you let that attraction be mostly based on their character, okay? Their character and who they are. Proverbs 31 verse 30, right? Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain. It doesn't last forever, right? But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. 1 Samuel 16, right? Do not look on his appearance or the height of his stature. The Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the hearts. 
Okay? We want to cultivate finding attractive what God finds attractive. Okay, I've said already with time, everyone gets less attractive physically. And, uh, and then what, what's going to carry your relationship is not, you know, well, of course I'm not going to, of course I'm gonna, not going to look outside my marriage because I'm married to the most beautiful woman uh, there ever was, right? No, what, what's going to carry your marriage is, is the relationship you have with that person, right? Depth of relationship. Another thing to realize is that even if, even if somebody could keep their physical beauty at its highest height forever, as sinners, we always, there's always a temptation to what is forbidden. Okay? There's always a temptation to what is forbidden. So, my wife is beautiful. And everybody else is saying she's the most beautiful woman in the world. But, hey, that girl's pretty cute too. And so is that one, right? And then our sinful desires take us away, okay? So sometimes the, 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 way, the way that we think about this is that this will be some sort of a safeguard. If I, if I marry someone extremely attractive, then that's going to keep me from, from going elsewhere. No, that's not real. It's not the way this works. Okay, so you do need to be attracted to the person. It's not really fair to, fair to them in terms of what God's designed marriage to be if there's just no attraction. But it's important uh, to realize what is most important, okay, which is being attracted to who they are rather than just physical um, attraction. Okay, um, along those lines, sometimes ladies are not satisfied unless they are convinced that a guy finds them to be the most beautiful woman on earth. Um, and uh, ladies, I would just encourage you again, it's, it's, a, it's, a false, it's a false place to find your confidence, right? Okay. Secondly, financial standing, or at least uh, your prospects for, for financial standing. Look, provision is a part of a husband's role, and this is something that just practically does need to be thought through. Um, if a man is pursuing you for marriage, ladies, you should have confidence that he'll work hard for you, and that he will be able to provide for you. A lazy man is not someone to marry. Okay? A man who can't keep a job because he argues with his boss constantly or can't control his temper is not a man to marry. But on the other hand, if you have desires for a man to be able to provide you with the fanciest house, with luxury cars, then you should prayerfully examine those desires and ask yourself whether you're viewing life with God's priorities. Men, you should be confident that you have a realistic plan for how you're going to provide for a wife before you start pursuing someone to marry you. Okay? 
Um, so I'm not saying that, that you, you, you can't even date unless you already have that steady job. Okay? I'm not saying that at all. But you should have a, a realistic plan for how you're going to be able to work and how you're going to be able to provide. And when I say realistic, not just realistic in your eyes. Okay? Um, right? Yeah, I'm, as soon as I'm done with, 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 with high school, I'm going to make it as a rapper. And then, you know, no. okay? A truly realistic plan, okay? First Timothy 6, verse 6. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and we cannot take anything out of the world. If we have food and clothing, with these we should be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. Strong words. Okay. And again, as I say, lots of application for this, even if you're not thinking, even beyond dating, right? If, you, if, if as you think about your life, you, you're, all your goals are mostly centered on finances, mostly centered on, on, on being able to get worldly stuff, hear the warning of this passage. Okay. Now, just practically, guys, um, again, I, you know, I want to be very practical with this time. We have to realize that man, the financial spectrum in this country is huge. Okay? Um, and just to give you an example here, when I was in the States and I was talking to older men about getting ready for marriage, it, with the financial situation in America... Most people would often say things to me like, well, you know, you need, to be, you need to have a car. You need to be able to afford health insurance. Okay? And they would talk about these things as if it was irresponsible for me to think about getting married if I couldn't afford those things. Guys, like 70% of this country can't afford those things. Okay? Something, something like that. I, I, it, it's pretty close to that figure though okay so again get counsel from people get input from people but seriously weigh up okay is this really god's expectation okay um and 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 realize that there might be some fairly difficult conversations to maybe have with family members and whatnot you know you you it, it could be a, a yeah, let me, let me put it this way. I think a genuinely godly man uh, who uh, really is, is, just, is just used to a certain standard of living, okay, and, and uh, really just is thinking in terms of just his daughter being well, well taken care of, okay? Like he's not, in his mind, he's not thinking of her being the richest of the rich or whatever, Okay, might still give you some pretty significant pushback about things like health insurance and 
being able to afford a car and stuff like that. Okay, um, and and so um, the the answer to that is not just to write that person off and do you know talk about him as being uh, you, you know think of him as being worldly and materialistic and all that sort of thing. Just realize where he's coming from, right? He's coming from from generations that have had those things and have viewed those things as 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 normal and as essential. Um, and so, uh, am I making sense? Okay, right. Um, but yeah, you, you don't, don't do yourself any favors if you just assume that these things are not going to be. Yeah, it's just, you know, uh, uh, I grew up in the village and I'm going to take this girl who grew up in Santon and we're going to move back to the village and her family's going to be fine with it. And Like, there's probably going to at least be some extensive conversations. Yeah, just just uh, being practical. Okay, all right, personal history. Here's what I mean by personal history. Oftentimes people will say, okay, and this is true, it is true, right? You, you, go, you find this godly young lady who's grown up in a godly family, and her parents grew up in a godly family, and there's this amazing family history, okay? And she, she's got a, an incredible, not, she's got an incredible practical, filled out picture of what it looks like to be a godly wife, and mother, because she's experienced it in her own home, she's seen it in her grandparents, uh, you know, and, and her grandparents saw it in their parents, right? And it's just, it's amazing. And, and when, that, when that is out there and it exists, it's certainly something to be celebrated, right? So that's the part I'd say again. Is this something to think about? Yes, right? When, when, when that is the case, you can praise God for it, and, and celebrate it. However, right? The Christian life is all about grace. The Christian life is all about grace. When people start going to the extreme of saying, ah, oh, I don't know, I don't know about that girl. I mean, she, you know, she grew up in a broken home and parents aren't believers. And, you know, yeah, it's true. She hasn't had a practical filled-out picture to observe in day-to-day life. That's true. But she has the Word of God. She has the Holy Spirit inside her. She has a healthy local church. She has uh, godly ladies in the church investing in her life, counseling her, mentoring her. Okay? Makes sense? Right? I'm going to speed up a little bit here. Ethnicity and culture. Okay, again, we're not doing ourselves any favors if we just act as if these things are just non-issues. Okay, um, I've got um, I've got an adopted son. Okay, uh, and okay, so black boy. Okay, and on one level, it's no issue. Okay, on one level, it's absolutely no issue. But I can't get around the fact that every time we go anywhere, people are like, what? He's your dad? And then this, this poor 12-year-old boy has to explain this whole scenario, right? 
to some random person he just met again and again and again. He might not, in, in terms of our family life, actually think about it very much, but the world won't let him forget about it. Okay? Right? So, um, if, 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 if my attitude towards him is just like, oh, it shouldn't be an issue, right? So, on the one hand, we talk about how it shouldn't be an issue. But on the other hand, I've also got to be honest about, man, this has got to be a frustrating, a frustrating dynamic for you. You know? Like... Uh, you, you, you can't speak any tribal language uh, you feel like English is your heart language you will go out on the street and people are always talking to you in tribal languages and they don't understand why you can't, can't speak like that's got to be frustrating okay so again we've just got to be on, on the one hand realize real life is real life okay but on the other hand we go way too far if we start saying things like because of these dynamics, you should only marry someone, same skin color as you, same culture as you, same background as you. Guys, the gospel is bigger than that. It is so much bigger than that. Okay? What we see in the local church is that we are genuinely family because of Christ. Genuinely family. We, we have eternal bonds, real bonds that are far far more profound, far more deep, far more meaningful, far more lasting than any of those superficial cultural connections. Okay? So, I, you, you're not going to get any hesitation from me about cross-cultural marriage. None. But I am going to say to you, just realize that, yeah, you're going to have to have some difficult conversations with some people. Uh, some people are going to are going to are, are going to sinfully judge you. Uh, some people are going to are, are, are just not going to quite know what to do with this dynamic, and and that's going to be frustrating. But um, but there's grace. There's grace for that, right? Okay. Uh, where did I go? Oh, butterflies and romance. All right. Here's what I mean with this. Okay. Butterflies and romance. Um, sometimes our whole approach to, to, to romance is, you know, like, does this person take my breath away, right? Um, do, I, do I feel that funny feeling in my, in my liver, in my stomach? Is my stomach hovering up here in my throat? You know, whatever, right? Um, and, and guys, here's, as we get to talk about how to actually date, okay, Part of what I'm going to be talking about is that we should, a lot of the stuff that brings this about, being flirty, uh, some of the, the, the physical aspects of a relationship, etc., it's actually wisest if that stuff waits. Okay? So the fact that it, it's not there from day one might just mean. Girls, it might just mean you've got a self-controlled, sober-minded guy who's, who's trying to not play games with your heart, right? If, if he, if he uh, wanted to say flirty things that made your stomach do funny, th- do flip-flacks, flip-flacks? Uh, anyway, you know what I mean. Somersaults, right? If he wanted to do that, he could. But he's not doing that because he's... he's, he's, he's He's, um, 
He's being patient. He's trying to trying to take things one step at a time, etc. Okay. Um, all right. Couple questions, and then we can break. Abby Capel. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. All right. No, 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 no. It's a good point. It's a good point. So, yes. Great point. Okay. So, okay. Is it right that people have different standards of living? Okay. Um, let me, let me, let me, okay. Again, guys, I'm just, I'm going to, I'm going to wade right into the middle of this. Okay. I hope I don't offend anyone. I'm just trying to be, be honest about about what I've experienced just in living life with people from all sorts of backgrounds, okay? Um, you know, being, being here in Living Hope Church, uh, there were a lot of people in this church, I mean, who, I mean, they're, they're living without electricity, they're living without running water, they, they're living in a shack, they, you know, so we've got that, and then we've got, you know, guys who, who are... In, you know, have PhDs and work really, really high-end jobs. So, um, look, here's, here's, this is just real, okay? If, if I didn't have a car, I would really struggle to function, okay? I would really struggle to function. Whereas my friend Newton, who's now church planting up in Malawi, right? He didn't have a car here in South Africa ever, you know, in the time that I knew him. And he could just he could just go, man. He just it, it, it was a new route. He, he he could figure out which taxis to catch, where to catch them, how to get there efficiently. He 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 just made it happen. Okay. Now part of that is just it's just the reality that he's grown up having to learn those skills, and they really are skills. Okay. Whereas I I've grown up. And I've, I've I've never had to do that, okay. So um, so 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 this is actually a a, a realistic thing to consider, um, guys. You, you know you might you got this this interest in this girl and she's godly and she doesn't want to be materialistic at all. She wants to she you know on a heart level really wants to be willing to live as as simply as can be, but the reality is that she's always had health insurance and gone to a good doctor. She never had to wait at clinic all day to be able to see a doctor. Okay, she's, her family's always had a car, maybe even multiple cars. That's just the life that she's grown up knowing, okay? So, so even there, you've just got to be realistic about the fact that the same standard of living for her would be a lot harder for her to adjust to. Um, right than it would be for somebody else who grew up with that standard of living. Okay, that's again, it's just being real. That doesn't mean she can't she can't learn and adjust, but it's going to be quite a learning curve. Okay, so I think that's one aspect of of an answer to your question, Abby. Um, uh, but beyond that, guys, look, it's um, you know, this is this is where again you've you've got to. I mentioned conversations with, with family members. It, you, you, there'll be conversations between you and the person you're dating as well. Okay? 
And, and again, try and be as understanding with those conversations as you can be. And try and be slow to jump to, uh, okay, this person is materialistic, etc. Um, but at the same time, that doesn't mean you can't give some significant pushback. I, yeah, okay, I said I was going to wade into things here, so let me, let me, let me just wade into it. I, I, I for one, I'm, I'm very disappointed by how many South Africans leave this country because they want more. I, I'm just speaking honestly. I'm very disappointed by that. I, I see the need for the gospel here, and I see people moving to countries where there's, there's churches everywhere, and I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And then, and then the general argument goes as if it's, as if it's need-based, as if it's, you know, because, because of the standard of living over there. And I'm like, and half of these things, I mean, 100 years ago, 150 years ago, nobody had electricity, right? But now everybody wants to leave South Africa because of load shedding. Like, it's, it's not as essential as you think it is, you know? Like, so there's, there's some place for some, some of those conversations as well. But at the end of the day, right, again, we're talking about a question of, can I marry this person? Okay? At the end of the day, you have to be enough on the same page about these questions that you really can live life together. And if you've got, if you've got really different expectations, it's not going to work well. Okay? And that's just being realistic. Okay? Um, but that doesn't mean that it's impossible to get on the same page uh, with some robust conversation. It's possible. Which mail? I can't hear you. Where, where do we put love? In? Ah. All right. Okay. We'll get into that in the next section. Okay. Yep. Yep. Last one. Yes. Okay. So the next the next section is is so we just said who to date and what things to to be looking for. Next section is going to be how to date. Okay. So, take a break, and we'll dive into all of that uh, in a few minutes, and after lunch, okay? Let me, let me pray for lunch, and then, uh, and then we'll take a break. Lord, thank you. I, I do pray that this is, uh, is helpful. Uh, we, we said at the beginning that in some ways your word spells out things down to the detail, and in some other areas it's more just principles that we need to think through, that need to guide us. And that we are sometimes going to have some disagreement on. God, I pray that as we talk through all of this, that, that everyone would be pointed in the right direction and helped to think through these things. Uh, but I pray also, Lord, that even as we perhaps disagree about some details here and there, that, that we, um, uh, we, we will recognize, as your word says, right? That, it, that every believer stands before you. Uh, and, and Lord, help us then to, to believe the best of one another and, 
uh, even as we may disagree on on some areas. Um, Lord, use this, please, to sharpen us. Use this to to make us wiser, to to give us uh, more God honoring priorities, uh, and 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 um, just just a more fruitful uh, a, a approach to life. We thank you for this food that you've provided. Please uh, use it to strengthen us and uh, help us, uh, Lord, as we continue to look at your word uh, after, after the break. Amen.